I can't believe we're back here again, dude. Hey, we need to go deeper into the dark and maybe into it and save, you know, whatever I run across. I mean, whatever we run across. Oh no, you got a pretty penny for those jewels, didn't you? Hey, it's abandoned. And if they don't want it, I'll gladly take it for them. Okay, am I having a mental breakdown? Or do I not remember us being chased out of here last time from something? Um, are you wearing a cat suit? Did you bring the other stuff? Yeah, I brought the book, the salt, and the herbs. What did you bring? Rock salt shells and... Let's rail this bitch! Hey! Hi! Wait! It's unlocked, dude. My way would have been more badass. Of course. Hey, you guys! You did not just press magical button buttons in the air or something. Little finger gun. Little finger gun. Okay. Hey, guys. Welcome to our podcast, Deeper Into the Dark. Where two friends descend into true crime. The paranormal. And all things strange. It's Christina. And Stefan. And guess what, guys? It's episode 14. No, it's episode 15. April Fool's. <laughs> Did you so see the lame. disappointment in my eyes? <laughs> Bitch, I just talked to you about this. I do it every time that I go to do something. I'm like, what episode is this again? I was like, am I going to have to correct this bitch again? And then I was like, wait, wait. (laughs) Waiting for that punchline. Come on, Christina. I know you're not not that blonde. I know I I am. I am. Sometimes as if. But dad, did I get you good? You did. It was cute. It was cute. Yeah, there might be more. Got It's April 1st, guys. Well, at least here for us. What about my breast? <laughs> I said at least here for us now. Oh. They're not going to listen until like <laughs> April 4th. <laughs> I thought you said at least for your breast. I'm like, okay, now you're just making jokes about my boobs that aren't here. April Fool's, you ain't got breast still. <laughs> no, that shit's huge. What are you talking about? That's Can't even see my see. computer screen. <laughs> Big Bitch, you just ate an oatmeal cream pie, half of one. Okay, you went up at least a cup. <laughs> I added to my um my um my buildup for my my uh what is it my silicone <laughs> my my silicone oatmeal cream. <laughs> what is it? Um, what do they do? Uh, bears, they hibernate, and they eat a lot of food. <laughs> Yours goes straight to your tits. <laughs> Oh no, none for me. It'll go straight to my tits. <laughs> this this righty tit is cornbread. It's <laughs> cornbread. This side enchiladas. And then the whole heftiness at the top of the breast. Mm. <laughs> Walmart donuts. Oh <laughs> milk and I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't put milk in there. Oh, sorry, guys. You just get like when chew- I lactate. It's, it's just salsa. chewed up food. <laughs> Ew, it's salsa. It's spicy. Sometimes it's runny. Sometimes it's chunky. It depends on my diet from the past two weeks. Oh, that's um, horrible. Verde. <laughs> Verde salsa rojo. <laughs> This one tends to be everyone's favorite, so it's a little sore. <laughs> Dude, what if you did that? Like, what if you were having sex with someone? It was and salsa. 
<laughs> you go to like grab their tit. Okay, I know you're gay. <laughs> yeah, you just grab a tit. You grab a tit. <laughs> Even mine, just to like make fun of something. <laughs> Christina, come in here. Let me grab your tit. <laughs> and like freaking green birdie sauce skirts out, and you're like, what the fuck was that? Oh, you don't like that? I got chunky sauce on the side. <laughs> <laughs> I got that roja. <laughs> God, no. Anyways. That threw me through a loop. I thought about, like, the stupid, the old school, what was that stupid joke where people were like, how do y'all make chocolate milk? Do y'all have chocolate cows? uh Oh, Oh, I thought you meant, like, um, through the tube, what was it? Through the, uh, milk, milk, lemonade. Around the corner, if I just think But yeah, are you talking about the one where they're like, uh, chocolate is like behind the fridge? The dog made it? No, it's just this running, like, joking theme. Like, I saw it on The Simpsons once where they were, like, actually making a chocolate milk. And they had a cow that produced ice cream from its nipple, but it was chocolate flavored. No. And it's just, I don't know, that's what I thought of. But did you see that stupid video with that fucking gay guy who was like, Okay, we're making um, milk today, but this is vegan because it's strawberry milk. <laughs> oh, yes, I saw that. <laughs> so obnoxious. And then the guy, you know those guys that make fun of him, they go, you show me a strawberry with a tit and then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's vegan. <laughs> it's vegan. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, my God, the guy's such an idiot. Anyways. <laughs> How have you been? Speaking of idiots, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this bitch is just reading me last episode, this episode. I'm kidding. Girl. I'm kidding. Me and the ghost living here are going to come <laughs> after you one day. You're going to leave here crying. No. Dude, the day that will come, I'll be destroyed. <laughs> oh my god. No, I'll probably be like, after you're done, I'll probably be like. Brava. Brava. Hats off. Tits up. That was just amazing. Tits, tits off, tits up. You know, <laughs> leg spread, the huge. Yeah, take me. Take me. I know you're gay, but take, God, that was a take, turn on. Take me, Bigfoot. At least choke me a little. <laughs> Before you insult me. Because if you're going to ride me that hard, <laughs> can I at least get a little choke and pull? <laughs> a little choke and pull. That should be the name of one of our episodes. <laughs> Could I get a little choke and pull? <laughs> oh my god, we'll do it with like a serial killer. That... That's a little too real, Christina. No, no, I can't. I Maybe. Can't. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Anyways, how well, have you been? <laughs> I've been okay. Uh, just dealing with work as usual. I'm already ready to leave. As usual. Oh, I have to bring that that up. I have to bring that up. Last episode, you commented on how I can't keep a job. And then what is it? Not even five minutes later, you're like, I'm trying to get Steph to take this new job. And I'm like, so do you want me to keep a job or not? No, no, no. I don't want you to keep that job. (laughs) I want you to get a better job. So I'm like... uh, One, preferably we're not standing all day. (laughs) I know, my poor bum knee. (laughs) This bitch goes, oh my god, my knees are out. And I'm thinking it's from sucking dick or whatever. I'm like, damn, them boys, stop sucking dick, get off your fucking knees. And he's like, no, I stand all day. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, you meant like literally. <laughs> you meant literally your knee is hurting. Not figuratively. Okay. <laughs> Jokingly, my man. 
Excellent. And I was like, okay, slut, we need you to get a new job. <laughs> okay, slut, we need to protect those knees for insurance managers. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I'm getting tired of this place. It's very tedious in the manner of, in the man, manner of, I don't get paid enough to deal with that. Because, like, I don't think, I don't understand how they got that many employees and they have that many little things that they're like, no, you need to do this, you need to do this way, you need to do this way, we're adding this new thing, we're adding this new thing, you gotta do this thing, and it's like... Do they have high turnover as well? Yeah, they do. I oh, my yeah. job did, but... Healthcare is like that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But, yeah, it's just that, and... I don't know. We'll see where things go. I know a few people listen to the podcast, so you're probably like, oh my god, is Steph already, like, ready to leave? And, like, should I say something? I don't give a shit. <laughs> Honestly. I'm like, what are they gonna do? Fire me? Thanks. But here's the no. thing, like, no matter what you're doing, you should always want to better yourself. Exactly. You are to stay there. There are employees there that are like, I've been here for a year and it's been too long. And then I'm like, why are you staying, though? <laughs> And I'm like, are y'all in school? Yeah. Some are in school, and then there are some people that are like, yeah, I'm in school. I'm like, what do you do? Well, I'm not in school. I'm like, so you're not in school. <laughs> oh, like they're just taking uh, prereqs? I don't even know if they're doing that. I think they're just there. Like, they did do it for school, but now they're just stuck on that schedule. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, but, um, so yeah, not to call you guys out or anything like that, but I'm calling you guys out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I am. But I am. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, so yeah, they're just dealing with that. And I hear Christina has something happening soon. So, like I said last time, my last day was Friday. Well, Friday's now passed. It's Saturday. And that was shocking. We're not recording on a Sunday, and this is why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving for Dallas on Sunday for my new job for training. Ooh. Ooh. So, my official day is Monday, but I'll be training in Dallas for four days. And I'll be back home on Thursday night. Uh, Friday, are you working or are you off? I'm off. Check you out. I know. I only work four days now, bitch. Girl, she's she's making that weekly pay, or that four-day pay. four-day back. <laughs> With a lot of hours. But you're used to that schedule, aren't you, from your old jobs? The I mean, shift, yeah, before shift. this one, the last one I just had was Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 4.30 this one will be eight to six, uh, but shorter days because we're taking that last day and adding the Oh, spreading hours. it amongst yeah. the four. Okay. Yeah. And it's nice. not like in a row, like I'll have either a Monday off or a Wednesday off or, or a Friday off, you know, it'll just change, but it'll always be just four days in a week. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Get me on that boat. <laughs> For real, though, do you want to? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Well, if you feel like it, let me know, because she actually texted me yesterday and said, do you know anyone who wants to also do a job like you? Because one of the work workers with me is pregnant and should be going on maternity leave. So. Bitch, send and me the link. drive with me. Send me the link. Send me the, I'll pay for gas. And your <laughs> coffee. <laughs> I'll give and you the I'll morning shits. Like, and I'll just tell them, like, if they're like, oh, well, Steph has to work this day, I'll be like, no, we carpool together because he doesn't drive, so we have to have the same schedule. Thanks. And when I'm off, he's off. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'll see you Monday. We'll see you Monday. Okay, money. Anyways, so how have you been, aside from your trip, anything interesting, Christina? Just that I celebrated my last day. 
whoop, whoop. And then, like, after work, I got... Sorry, sorry. I got shit-faced. I saw your snap (laughs) just, like, five minutes ago, and I was like, damn, this She made me, like... I think I ended up having, like, two or three freaking margaritas with this bitch, like, put in half the tequila bottle. And you're just like, I can taste it from here. Just watching it pour. I'm like, Jose what? (laughs) Or is it Cuervo my ass? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, we ate some, we ate, I ate a whole fucking pizza, uh, some brownies, and I binge watched some you, but I ended up falling asleep. Laura fell asleep like halfway through the first episode. That bitch is like, <laughs> she's, <laughs> she literally, she gets into bed and she just got all comfortable. She watches like the first like five minutes and then <laughs> I just hear her snoring. <laughs> I was like, damn. Okay. Um, should we start? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you go first. Okie dokie. Artichoke. Lemon dookie. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. So, in the same energy of last week, I wanted to follow in your footsteps as you did and decided to do a true crime case. So, but I did decide to take from your list. Oh. I stole from you. I'm sorry. Don't punish me. However, I did take from your list, and I did a story that I suggested to you. But I felt the need to cover the story, not because that you weren't going to cover this case, but it's because it's so close to home, our home specifically. And it would feel wrong Mm. not to cover this case in our earlier episodes versus later on, since we've lived in Austin, where we're very nearby, and whatnot, so I'm like... Well, we probably should cover this pretty soon. So I felt, why not? I'm going to do it because I want to. And you're not covering it soon enough. So. Oh my Thanks. gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry that I just like get interested in things that I see. Okay. So you can run with it. So yeah. So this case that I wanted to cover is dubbed the Yogurt Shop Murders. Oh, this one that you keep telling me about. Okay. Yes. Huh. Which I've never heard before. So this will be my first. Really? Yeah, because you told me about it, and I was like, I have no idea who, what you're talking about. But oh, okay. yeah. Sorry, turning off my phone so I don't get interrupted. Yeah, your big thing. Um, my fucking, my Bigsby my big tablet. Me. Your Bigsby loves you. Yeah, your voice just activates it. White girl. White girl love. Oh, oh, she's talking. How can I help you? I don't understand what you mean, mistress. <laughs> mistress, don't throw me too hard. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Yogurt Shop Murders. Yes, I wanted to cover the case dubbed the Yogurt Shop Murders. So these are my sources. There is a lot, since I don't do true crime a lot. And until afterwards, I ask Christina how she does it. And then I'm like, well, fuck. But here we go. So my sources are from www.thecrimewire.com, www.news8austin.com, www.nypost.com www.caselaw.finelaw.com I did get some clarification with Wikipedia because their articles do have very detailed and cohesive stuff like it's very lined up very nicely versus these other ones which are very vague and they just give you quick Mm -hmm. uh, summaries which is very very annoying and also, they have a lot of links in their Wikipedia, in the Wikipedia, so they have links that actually take me to the stuff that I can't find myself. I know, I just try to be careful with it, because 
anyone can do whatever they want. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's why I went back to their sources and made sure that I was like, okay, this makes sense. And I also got the, what is it, the, some pictures that I have that I'm going to be showing Christina and also some, uh, what is it, um, actually the location, finding the exact location from www.morbidtourism.com and the pictures I got a few from www.uncover.com and also Google in general. So yeah, those are my sources. So, I just want to start off by saying, trigger warning, this case does include murder and sexual assault of minors. So if you guys are not ready to hear that and don't want to hear that, you are more than welcome to click off. However, this is the story. On December 6th of 1991, this happened a year before me and you were both born, mm-hmm. um, Austin Police Sergeant John Jones Jr., the only homicide detective on duty, He was being filmed that night by a local CBS affiliate who were following around homicide detectives in Texas to see what it was like for police in the larger cities. Police Sergeant John Jones Jr. responded to a call about the I Can't Believe It's Yogurt Shop fire and more. So this business was located on 2945 West Anderson Lane, Austin, Texas. We've actually driven by there a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Now I want to know exactly where it was. I'll show you. And yes, this place does sound like, I can't believe it's not Butter, <laughs> the name, or the brand, I can't believe mm. it's not brother Butter, however, Booter. the the Booter, <laughs> however, the owners of the I Can't Believe It's Yogurt Company had the name pinned and created in 1977, and the other name, I Can't Believe It's Not Butter, was founded in 1979. So, who's the ripoff? I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah. Just saying. Anyways. <laughs> um, well, I only bring it up because people are actually like seeing it in another podcast that I was listening to, but originally when I heard it and I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't connect those two, but some yeah, people probably did. I did. <laughs> but I was like, oh, it was a cute spinoff from that butter mm-hmm. brand. But now that I know they were named it first. And then the butter came second. Mm-hmm. I would have sued them. That's just me. Um, Period. Uh. Pretty, uh. Oh, because I did the thing. I did the tongue thing. Anyways, so a fire had occurred to this business, burning a large amount of the building's interior, da- interior down. John Jones received an update that the building fire was actually found to be a triple homicide and robbery. Halfway to the scene, he received an update that there was a fourth body found. The victims were four teenage girls, 13-year-old Amy Ayers, 17-year-old Eliza Thomas, 17-year-old Jennifer Harbison, and Jennifer's 15-year-old sister, Sarah Harbison. Jennifer and Eliza were employees of the shop, while Sarah and her friend Amy were in the shop waiting to get a ride home with Jennifer after it closed at 11 p.m. So they were just related and friends of the two girls employed. So these are the events that had transpired. Amy had gone to the mall with Sarah, with Jennifer driving them, and the two girls would plan on spending the night at the Harbison's house that night, so they're having a girl sleepover night. So cute. Before picking up the two girls that evening, Jennifer spent the afternoon with her boyfriend, Sammy Buchanan. I don't have a picture of him, unfortunately. I tried looking, but I guess 
Sure. Remember Samuel, short for Samuel, our space camp really named him Sammy. But upon returning home, Jennifer prepared for her 8 p.m. shift at the I Can't Believe It's Yogurt shop. Before heading to her job, Jennifer dropped Amy and Sarah off at the North Cross Mall, which happened to be down the road from the yogurt shop. Have you been to that mall? Wait, which little mall again? The North Cross Mall. I don't think it's open anymore. I think it closed wait, wait. years ago. Is it the one that's on research? Like, it's abandoned? Like, yeah. Okay, I was wondering what that building was. It's been, like, vacated empty forever. Yeah. And there's, like, an HUB right next to it. I think so. I only say that because, I only ask you because my mother actually used to work there. Not in the same time frame, but, like, in early 2000s, she worked there for a lady. She, I forgot. I don't want to bring up the lady's name because she was kind of a bitch. And she kind of fucked over all of her employees and took her business elsewhere. But anyways, my mother used to work for this and lady. And it was in that mall? Mm-hmm, in that mall. But it wasn't, like, a basic, uh, like, company? Like, it was something that they did their own? Yeah, they did their own. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was where she dropped off the two girls, or the two friends, um, at that mall to spend time with. Upon returning home, Jennifer prepared... Oh! Before picking up the two girls that evening, Jennifer spent the afternoon with her boyfriend, Sammy Buchanan. Upon returning home, Jennifer prepared for her 8 p.m. shift at the yogurt shop. So, both Eliza and Jennifer were employed at the yogurt shop and were sharing the same closing shift that night, while Amy and Sarah were at the mall. Eliza and Jennifer's night went as planned. On Jennifer's break, she drove back to the mall to pick up Amy and Sarah, who helped close the shop with her and Eliza. So she picked them up, brought them back, and those two helped them close up the shop, like cleaning and stuff like that. So, the last customers were seen leaving at 10.42 p.m. However, the customers leaving at 10.42 p.m. and I think other people had reported seeing two unidentified males remaining in the shop alone with the girls. At 11 p.m., the shop was officially closed, with the no-sell button being pressed three minutes later. 45 minutes later, rookie cop Troy Gray saw flames and called in the fire department and other officers to investigate. And then after, Sergeant Jones Jr. was called to the scene being the only homicide detective on duty. What was discovered inside the burned building horrified the investigators. Warning, trigger, it's gonna get graphic. Prosecutor Robert Smith said that the firefighters had to break down the front door of the store because it was locked with the key still in the lock. He said firefighters could not see into the store because of the smoke. Four bodies of girls were found. The space occupied by the yogurt shop was deep and narrow. The front two-thirds of the space was the public area with tables and a counter on which the cash register was located. On the night in question, the chairs had been stacked on tables as part of the closing routine. Behind the counter was a wall with a door on the right-hand side that opened into the rear third of the shop. A person walking through this door entered a preparation area with a sink and table. The cash and register drawer was found on this table. On the right wall of this area were the bathrooms. On the opposite wall was the walk-in cooler. Behind the cooler in the left rear corner of the shop was a storage area with shelves full of paper goods and cleaning materials. In the right rear corner was the shop's office, the door of which was closed. Amy Ayers' body was found on the floor of the preparation area. 
She had ligature around her neck, and it was determined at the autopsy that she had been manually strangled, but not fatally. She also had a bruise on her lower lip. She was naked, and a blouse tied into a knot was found beneath her body. Ayers had two contact gunshot wounds, one on the top left side of her head and the other behind her left ear. The first of these was caused by a 22 caliber bullet, which did not penetrate the skull. The medical examiner testified that the shot was not fatal. The second fatal, fatal gunshot wound was caused by a 380 caliber bullet that passed through the brain and exited through Ayers' right cheek. The other three bodies were found on the floor of the back storage area, covered with rubble from the fire. Eliza Thomas's body was laying on top of Sarah Harbison's body, and Jennifer Harbison's body was lying beside them. They too were naked. The evidence, evidence suggested that the three bodies had been stacked, and that Jennifer's body had rolled off the pile during the fire. All three bodies were badly burned and charred, with Jennifer's having been mostly severely damaged. Thomas's hands were tied behind her with a brazier, and she had a gag in her mouth. Sarah Harbison's hands were tied behind her with her panties, and she had also been gagged. There was physical evidence that she had been vaginally assaulted, probably with the handle of the ice cream scoop found on the floor between her legs. Jennifer Harbison's hands were behind her back as if they had been tied, but no binding was recovered. She had ligature around her neck. Each of these girls had been killed by a single 22 caliber contact gunshot to the back of the head. Four 22 caliber bullets were recovered from the bodies during autopsy. Due to the condition of the bullets, it was not possible to determine if all four had been fired from the same weapon. A 380 caliber and a 380 caliber shell casing were recovered at the scene of the murders. The unusual rifling pattern on the 380 bullet led a firearms expert to conclude that it was fired from an AMT backup, a small silver gray semi-automatic pistol. The murder weapons were never found. So this is that prosecutor from the start. He said this crime scene was a total mess. Standing in water by the time the police had arrived, he said. So you can imagine the scene had a bunch of like evidence that was burned or washed away or contaminated with firefighters rushing through. So it's like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Eliza Thomas was found on top of Sarah Harbison in a smaller man similar manner. Her body and face were burned beyond recognition and she was identified by dental records. She was not sexually assaulted. Smith said investigators believed that Jennifer Harbison's body was originally on top of the other two girls, however, she was found nearby having been moved by the fire. So I repeat that because this actually sounds weird to me or suspicious, like how does fire move a body? It's weird. Or is that like a type of error on the investigators because it sounds like either they moved a body by accident or that they don't have a conclusive theory. Maybe when they, they believe. sprayed it. To Maybe get the fire away, yeah. the waters. Like she got moved by the off. pressure, yeah. or maybe because they said they found debris on the girls. Maybe the debris knocked her off. Oh, maybe when like the ceiling, ceiling particles particle came down, or some wood like hit, and her body was probably already teeter tottering on the other girl, and it just, and slid, it just slid, finished off. Maybe. Yeah. Um, 
that's what like was throwing me through loop. I'm like, was it by accident? But when it says debris, I'm like, maybe like debris maybe pushed her off or some sort, like mm-hmm. but, like a wood panel. I just find it interesting that they try to stack up the girls, but they left Amy over here. Exactly. DNA test revealed the attackers had not sexually assaulted her. Smith made it clear that all the girls were dead before the fire began. Smith made it clear. Oh, I'm sorry. The persecution. The prosecution reasoned that since all had been shot in the head, their bodies were moved and stacked as they were all found face up. They believed the assailants escaped through the back door, which was unlocked during the occurrence. However, the manager of the store says the back door is always padlocked and closed. So people theorize that maybe they snuck behind the back and opened the door so they can get out quick or something of the sort. Maybe while one was stacking up the bodies, the other went in the back and opened it. Or even before the girls, while they were, like, locking and cleaning up, like, one sneaked off or something of the sort. Who knows? It's weird. I don't, I'm not sure on that, like, time frame what was happening, because, I mean, everyone there is not there anymore. You can't ask them, so. I mean, it could have all happened. I mean, who's to say that it didn't happen right when everything was happening? Yeah. So, the nature of the crime haunted and still continues to haunt the community of Austin and the families of the victims. There are many theories about who killed the four girls that night, but none have gained as much traction as the sighting of two unidentified men in the shop that night. Um, I think they had over 400, um, there you go, 400 suspects, maybe even, I'm not too sure I couldn't get an exact number, I think 300, like 350 or something. Do they have security cameras? No, 91 yogurt shop. <laughs> Fire probably like ruined everything. However, multiple eyewitnesses that visited the I can't believe it's yogurt shop um, evening were called seeing two mysterious men sitting in the shop in the back corner booth. So near the girls checking mm-hmm. out all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in the back corner booth. Customers told the media how the men looked out of place that night. Neither man had purchased yogurt, but only bought soda pops. Some officials believe that these two unidentified men may have been the perpetrators who killed the girls. Law enforcement immediately began their investigation into the ghoulish crime. This involved starting with the search of the building, which was hindered by debris from the fire. Inside, three bodies of the girls were discovered tied and gagged on top of one another, all of them having been shot. Additionally, accelerants had been believed to have been used to help start the fire. The fourth girl was discovered further apart from the others, having been shot twice by two different guns. After recovering all the rounds from the crime, police identified two types of guns that had been used, a 380 and a 22 caliber, as we know. However, none of the actual weapons used were recovered. This information led investigators to believe that more than one individual was involved in the murder of the girls, because why would one person need two guns? The evidence of sexual assault was taken into the lab where only scarce amounts of the original samples remain. The assailants escaped through the back door, which was unlocked during the occurrence. However, the manager of the store said the back door is always padlocked and closed. As investigators dragged on, the case began to get cold. However, in 1999, four men, Robert Springsteen, Michael Scott, Maurice Pierce, and Forrest Wilburn, were arrested and charged with the murders of the girls. Not 
doesn't lie that bottom one. He looks like a brain. A brain? Who is that bottom? Robert Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Originally questioned eight days after the murder, they were released until Pierce was arrested at a nearby mall carrying a gun of the same caliber. At the time of the original murders, the group of men had been freed due to lack of evidence. In a documentary that I watched for 48 Hour Mystery, mm -hmm. um, the detective working the case actually wired one of the guys, I believed it was Forrest Wellborn, and tried getting one of the other guys to confess to murder, like he was asking questions, just trying to get him to admit to it and whatnot. However, upon the questioning, they realized that the friend being questioned had no idea what was happening and that they didn't have enough evidence to accuse him, nor did the friend know of the killing. And it was only two guns, so maybe just two of the friends did it. So the story was shaky and began falling apart. So like the more he started bringing it up, it started to seem like, okay, these guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> it's like, it's like okay so clearly these guys don't know shit next it sucks because they think they're getting really close and then it's like well they did have a gun but they don't have the gun does that make sense right he had the gun but they can't do an exact match if that makes sense like it is the gun but they can't connect it directly to the crime if that makes sense yeah um so um the story was shaky and began falling apart but in 1999, when new investigators searched through the, through the case, authorities were able to recover confessions from Robert Springsteen and Michael Scott. Ultimately, they would claim that they were coerced and recanted their statements. Pierce and Wellborn's charges were dropped and Scott and Springsteen, Springsteen went on trial, with only their words being used against them. Originally, both men were convicted, but only a few years later were they overturned based on the Constitution. An officer was actually found holding a gun to one of the boys' heads during questioning. Oh, God. More recently, a new method of DNA testing, YSTR testing, had been introduced to law enforcement, and the district attorney at the time, Rosemary Lindbergh, was intent on retrying the two men. But first, Lindbergh and her team decided to use vaginal swab sample retrieved from the crime scene and have it undergo testing. YSTR testing solves focus is on male DNA, and Lindbergh hoped that it would match that of one of the men. To her team's surprise, the partial male DNA sample recovered did not match any of the four men. Still intent on retrying them, Lindbergh examined the results of at least a hundred other men who may have come into contact with the body and been, at been a potential source of contamination. Even after this, the DNA sample had no matches with anyone, and so in 2009, 2009 this happened in 91 they were arrested in 99 2009 damn they were forced to drop the charges against springsteen and scott years later investigators were able to get a match with the male dna sample using a public online database the investigators were able to find a very similar sample submitted but there was a significant issue the sample had been anonymously submitted by the FBI Austin authorities. Oh, FBI. Austin authorities attempted to recover the name belonging to the sample from the FBI. However, the FBI refused, saying that doing so would violate privacy laws. I feel like that should go out the, the window when it comes to 
a crime. <laughs> that defeats Why, the, purpose. the purpose. Why do I need a sample? sample that I can't use? Exactly. So, due to the FBI's unwillingness to cooperate, Austin officials contacted U.S. Congressman Michael McCall, a representative from Austin, searching for aid in getting the FBI's cooperation. Thanks to McCall's efforts, the FBI agreed to work with the Austin Police Department in further testing of the sample. So, this is update as of 2022, or 2022. <laughs> 2022. Last year. Yeah. Today. Investigators are still vigorously searching for answers and new leads to solve these murders. The community of Austin is still marked by murders, and its presence is felt by those who knew the girls. The DNA, DNA, Dana, the Dana. DNA <laughs> samples, the DNA samples sample leads many to be hopeful that one day the perpetrators of the crime will be arrested and charged. Additionally, the Homicide Victims Family Rights Act was influenced by the case. This act, signed into federal law in August of 2022, allows families to opt for through federal reinvestigation of a cold case using modern technology. The DNA sample leads many to be hopeful that one day the perpetrators of the crime will be arrested and charged. Over 30 years have passed, and law enforcement are in desperate need of leads. If you have any information regarding the case, please call 512-472-TIPS, or T-I-P-S. So, that was the yogurt shop murders. That is very close to home. I just find it so interesting because, like, right when you were saying that, I remembered my um, BTK killer. Like, how he was caught is because of his daughter's pap smear. And they linked the, his DNA by matching his daughter's DNA. So, like, anyone out there, like, you think you're dead. A murderer, go, go give a sample. Basically, <laughs> so you never, you never know. I'm gonna run through some theories and things that are pushed through that investigators brought up and detectives and whatnot even brought up. So, at the time of the killings, a known serial killer, Kenneth Allen McDuff, was in the area. He had a history of multiple murders involving teenagers, but was soon ruled out. He was executed on November seventeenth, nineteen ninety eight. What's surprising, though, is that Kenneth, the serial killer, actually confessed to the murders. However, later on, after his death and whatnot, they still ruled him out because they're like, it's impossible. They're like, they're, he's probably just trying to do mm -hmm. it to... Yeah, some killers just do that for to add on to... To yeah, buy time to, from the death, yeah. Yeah, like, oh yeah, I did that, and if you let me have... Like, you take me off death penalty. I'll walk you to the case or something I'll like that. I'll walk you to the case and I'll show you what I did. What I did. Same thing when they um, take, like, mm -hmm. they say, I'll help you find the bodies or whatever. It's just a mm -hmm. way to negotiate more time so. or to uh, erect their fame even more. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting that they brought him up because I don't know if how popular Kenneth Allen McDuff is. Maybe you can look into him for a little quick whenever you have a chance. But if he was in the same area and there's another serial killer like that, okay. <laughs> Add that to your list in place. <laughs> Are you sure you're not going to cover it next podcast? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, another theory. People have theorized that it could be connected to the Las Cruces bowling alley massacre. Have you heard of that? Mm -mm. It's going to happen in Mexico. So, they... Connected to the Las Cruces Bowling Alley Massacre because of the similarities of the cases with a robbery, a fire, and people being murdered. 
Were, were they also was it the same kind of way? The I think so. Bound and, and yeah. I think so. It's very similar. So people are like, Mexico's right there next to Texas, maybe. Maybe. But who knows? And they also tried connecting these. The they'd also tried connecting this to the West Memphis Three. Yeah, I was just thinking about that when you were talking about it. I was like, um, wow, the little boys were naked and bound. Mm-hmm. Because um, they believed this could have been linked to the whole satanic panic thing that was happening because the investigators got a tip that a group of Satanists or a cult or just those weird kids in general in town were overheard talking about the yoga shop murders. So that and the three being so close to each other weren't that far of a stretch for them to try and connect the two. Like uh, the Memphis Three, they tried connecting it because it's so close to Arkansas, like right there. Yeah. Same time. And then near the same time. Mm-hmm. I think mine was mm, ninety three. Mine was ninety three. Also, like they have other theories, but this is one that was interesting. So take this with a grain of salt, but mine was 93. Oh, okay. So take this with a grain of salt, but some people theorize that the youngest girl might have survived the shooting and tried to escape considering her body wasn't with the others and she wasn't as severely charred like the others. But this might be a stretch considering it's just a theory of viewers. I only say this because I have yet to read about possible lung exposure to smoke inhalation because that would solidify this theory that she was alive after the fire was started. What in theory, let's just say, yes, she got shot and they thought they killed her, but she was just like unconscious for a while and they like did whatever they wanted to do to her and they went and did the rest of the other girls and she came too, but they already started the fire and they left out the back while she was, well, cause they shot her twice. Mm-hmm. So then they just shot her again and saw her go down and they're like, well, this place will be burnt down. She ain't going to survive. Mm-hmm. And then left. So they just left her where she was. Maybe. That's what people are theorizing a lot. And I would... I I don't know. Like, I want to believe it. But also, like... That's such a... Two bullet shots. And then burnt, dying from smoke inhalation. In the end, like... She survived. I don't know. It's just... Very weird that they would leave her away from the group. Maybe they were keeping her to the side so she wouldn't see what they were doing to the other girls like they asked it to. Like they asked them yeah, to. Yeah, she was younger, maybe. And um, one of the girls, what was her name? Let me see real quick. Sorry. Um, okay, so... Jennifer... Yeah. So Jennifer, yeah, the one that was had the boyfriend. Um, they were saying some of the evidence that they had found behind, aside from the whatever, was a belt buckle, a heart shaped belt buckle. Um, the heart shaped belt buckle, which belonged to one of the girls, was found to the side, and a ring was also found to the side, but like. They were like, the ring was meticulously placed outside off her finger. Like, she took it off for some reason. Maybe because she was working. Or maybe she didn't want this to happen. Because it was her boyfriend's promise ring to her. I mean, 
Maybe because when she was cleaning or whatever, she took her rings off to clean. Maybe. Maybe. So, yeah, and people were saying that after they last customers left, uh, one of the girls locked up the door and just let the other two stay before so they don't bring in customers 10 minutes before close so they don't have to, like, they started cleaning. Because yeah, I, I do that all the time myself when I was yeah. working at Movie Gallery. And, um, the what is it? Because um, I would, oh, there's two people in there. We can still go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they cleaned up and you see the table stacked up, the chairs stacked up on the tables and whatnot. And, uh, it's just really messed up that that happened to those girls, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, they were like simple, cheery young girls. Yeah. They listened to country music. Um, Amy loved George Strait. Of course. She was a... He was very hot back then. She was one of those future farmers of America okay. girls. I found out my mom was, too. Oh. Recently. And she had a pet bunny as well. Oh. <laughs> I learned things about my mom every day. But, yeah. So, that was my yogurt shop murders that I felt I should cover. Because you weren't getting to it soon enough. Well, you know... I wouldn't have done it as well as you did, so hats off to you. Oh, you're full of shit. You're pulling my chain. I was all over the place. <laughs> no, you did no, you did really good. It was this was very put together. I like the little slideshow you gave me. Oh, thank and you, thank you, you. Pull, you pulled the pictures and we were talking while I was looking. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It's just really messed up in like how they haven't gotten anything yet because the FBI won't give them anything. Yeah, I wonder, I was reading another article that I believe that they do have a similar match from the DNA sampling, but it only comes out to like 24 whatevers for an exact match versus 50 to 60, which is a decent amount of match or like whatever. And being that it's 24 only whatevers, I, I forget the name of it. I sound so retarded or, like, amateur. But, like, that could, like, link to, like, however many, like, 60 other people still. Yeah, that's true. So... It's not more... It needs to be more concrete. So that's to... why they can't use it. That's what I read in one report, but I don't want to bring it up because I only heard it there. But, um, yeah. It's just really messed up. And from another podcast, I heard that the youngest heir... Amy Ayers was also sexually assaulted. Um, which is really fucked up. She was 14, right? 13. 13. And, um, yeah, it's just horrible what happened. And just, I can't, oh my god, I just couldn't imagine. Oh, let me show you the thing. So, I actually have Google Maps, and unfortunately, I can't share. Oh, no, I can. Yeah, you just do the Let same me thing. click over. Mm-hmm. Oh, but uh, it looked like there was a picture underneath the, the map of the layout. Is that all you were showing me? Oh, yeah, that was it. It was just that booth. Oh, okay. So, this is what it says right now the Beauty Bar Lounge. Next did, to the factory mattress. It? I did. Is mm-hmm. it not sharing to you? No. Oh, my bad. 
There we go. Beauty Bar Lounge. There's Wes Anderson over there. Wait, go, go, uh, more this way. No. Opposite way. And stop. Yeah, there's a, uh, there should be right in the middle, um, an American Best Value, because that's where I went to go get my glasses. And so, yeah, that's where the original store was at, the Beauty Bar Lounge right here. And if you look across the street right here, do you see that by that black car on the ground? Oh. It's actually a plaque memorize, uh, memorializing the young girls there. Oh, wow. Mm hmm. I thought I uploaded it. Fuck, I guess I didn't. Hold on. And that's the plaque. And people leave coins. And um, I believe the where that beauty bar lounge it used to be a another nice nail salon back before COVID closed them out, I believe, or something before. But they used to leave behind uh, coins and little food and like little red envelopes, like Chinese red envelopes, mm -hmm. memorializing the girls. And the mother, one of the girls' mothers, is actually friends with was originally friends with the people who did own that business in there and they would talk and whatnot and so yeah it's oh, really sweet we should it's, we should bring flowers we should Throw one. d-i-t-d flowers yeah and write on it each petal will have a d a t Okay, that's too much. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, that is my story. Oh my god, I loved. You did such a great job. Thank you, thank you. I'm gonna have to clean this up because I took a long time. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Should we pause real quick? Sorry, I thought I was gonna burp. Okay. Um, thank you for that. Story, you did such a great job. Well, that was such a great story, Stefan. Thank you so much. April my turn. <laughs> my turn. <laughs> April Fools. Just kidding. I'm not just kidding. That was the all. It was it. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm not doing shit. <laughs> this episode is only 30 minutes long. <laughs> Bye, motherfuckers. <laughs> and okay. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> April Fools. No, so, um, I st I worked really hard on my story. <laughs> I want to say it. I could leave it for ep episode fifteen. <laughs> All right. Well, for my story today, trigger warning: child death. Okay. In today's episode, I wanted to shed light on FDIA. Factitious disorder imposed on another, or more popularly known as Munchausen disease by proxy. That's a really like articulated. I love. 
That's how it's done. The purr. As if you got a pen or something in your yeah. hand. Just articulate. It helps. So anyways, so Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which is usually seen in mothers, but can also be seen in fathers. And I'm just real quick going to make my word bigger because my eyes are hurting. I'm just reading that sentence. Mm. Um, where they cause intentional harm to their child or even tell people or family members that their children suffers from non-existent symptoms. The parent will even use hospitalizations as a way to earn sympathy and praise for their devotion to their child's care. They even use their child to develop relationships with doctors and other healthcare providers. And I wanted to just look into a little bit of what this meant, so um, I'm just going to quickly like talk about FDIA. So, what causes FDIA? Well, researchers believe that both biological and physiological factors play a role in developing this disorder. Evidence that things like major stress, like marital problems, can trigger this disorder. What are the symptoms of, of FDIA? How can we tell someone may have this disorder? We would look to see if the adult leaves the bedside of a child or person they're caring for. They will discuss in detail the symptoms and care being provided to the patient to show how they are doing a thorough job and are an excellent caretaker. The biggest tell is when the patient is doing fine away from the caretaker and when they're alone with the caretaker, the problems return. Lastly, I wanted to know how FDIA is treated. First off, it is difficult to treat because people with F FDIA deny that there's a problem. It's unfortunately easier to catch them in the act or when they tell the truth. Next is to separate them from the victim and get authorities involved because FDIA is a criminal offense. That is why I use the word victim. Mm -hmm. It leads to continued abuse and death in a lot of cases to the child or the person they're caretaking for. They will need to go through counseling to identify their thoughts and feelings and focusing on changing and thinking the behavior of the individual, which in a lot of cases they deny and don't do. In the case of FDIA, I wanted to focus on today, my case for it. Um, it was the unfortunate death of a five-year-old boy named Garnet Spears. On January 23rd, 2014, he was pronounced dead. A video has been going viral from a hospital room of Garrett and his mother, Lacey Spears. And real quick, I'm going to share. So a video has been going viral from a hospital room of Garnet and his mother, Lacey Spears. In the video, it shows Garnet laying in his bed with his mom. This is him in the hospital. Okay, this is him with his mom in the video and she does not know that there's a video being taken so I don't know if you can see you can kind of see it in this photo he has that white stuff oh just bandages yeah so that's covering I forgot what it's named but it's pretty much little tiny probes that are everywhere on his head monitoring his brain waves because she brought him in saying that he was having seizures so they have to monitor yeah mm -hmm. so what they did was they also added a video and she didn't know about this because they wanted to see not only brainwaves, how it was happening, but video, how he's acting while oh. having the seizure. Mm -hmm. 
So she was unaware that there's a video. So that's them lying in the bed. In the video, it shows Garnet lying in his bed with his mom. And throughout the time that they're laying in the bed, she is searching things on her phone, which later is found that she was searching things like what's in iodized salt. Um, she was looking up stuff to do with the central nervous system and she's looking up brain tumors. An hour passes and she takes a playful gar uh, garnet to the bathroom. So he was like playing around his bed. And then she goes ahead and takes him to the bathroom where we notice she comes back for some stuff. Oh, is that the stuff in her hand? Yeah. So, um, so she takes him to the bathroom. The camera catches her searching her bag and grabbing a cup and a tube. And then she goes back into the bathroom. And then you see Lacey, um, after that, she, so she takes the tube. Can you see my mouse? Mm-hmm. All right. So she takes the cup and there's a tube here and you'll see it in another one too. So she takes the cup and the tube, she goes into the bathroom, and then you see her coming out she, uh, before she puts it in there. There's the tube again. Oh, uh -huh. You see the tube better. Mm -hmm. and she puts uh, him into the bed. She goes, puts the cup and tube, goes, gets the cup and tube, goes back into the bathroom, and then you see Lacey place her son back into the bed, and he looks very lethargic now. And then he's so he's like sitting there and he's like rocking back and forth. Obviously something's wrong with his stomach. Um, he's like that's, I thought that's why I thought I took a screenshot because I couldn't share a video on here. But he's just like up on his knees and he's just like going rocking. Uh, rocking back and forth and like touching his feeding tube area and he's really she's not doing well. And Lacey goes back into the bathroom. She grabs her stuff and she puts it into the cup or puts it back in her bag and then she goes and places the call button that you call the nurses for near them and then she just sits there and she literally just watches her son as if she's waiting for something to happen holy shit yeah um per staff while this is happening they got you know staff's statement later on per the staff she calls for help after garnet um turns to the side and starts dry heaving um, and the reason why he's dry heaving is I didn't talk about this because it was like a lot, but when he was younger, um, on one of his many hospital visits, um, she kept saying that he was throwing up, which he wasn't. Um, she just said that he was. And so they did a, uh, surgery that pretty much like closed off whatever in his stomach. So he can't throw up anymore. So he's trying to expel the salt that she, he, she just injected into his feeding tube. He's trying to push it out and he can't throw up so he's just dry heaving um but when he begins to have explosive diarrhea because if it ain't coming up one way it's going up the other, the other. Mm -hmm. um that's when so at first the doctors give him nausea medicine because they think he's trying to throw up or whatever but he can't because they don't know at the time they have surgery so then he starts having diarrhea and that prompts them to draw his blood work while they're waiting for the results in the video, you see Lacey taking pictures of Garnet and posting it on Facebook because that's what's more important at that time. What the fuck? Not taking care of her son. Oh no, just posting it on social media. Oh, whoa, look at me. Mm -hmm. The results come back and it shows that the patient's sodium levels increased from 146 to a almost lethal 182, like super high. 
Wow. In less than two hours, which is not medically possible, so they had him airlifted to Westchester Medical Center to the PICU mm -hmm. with a Dr. Carrie Goldsman. When Dr. Goldsman finally saw Garnet, because he hadn't seen him yet, he just heard everything and was on his way to the PICU, um, he didn't understand how his levels could go so increased um, in such a short time. But when he finally sees him, that's when he knows how it happened. He didn't know until that moment that Garnet had a feeding tube. Nobody told him. Which he questioned Lacey about the, the uh, last time he was fed through that feeding tube. And she said it had been a week. But Lacey's friend was with them. And uh, she was shocked to hear that Lacey was literally lying to the doctor because she just recently, uh, two days ago, witnessed her giving him a white, a thick white liquid on an IV pole and putting it into his tubing feet. And then like not even 30 minutes later, he's having full blown seizures and all that and um, was trying to get the friend to drive them to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So um, at this point, Garnet had become, oh wait, so the feeding tube, and when the friend tried to say something, Lacey like turned and gave her an icy look, but pretty much said, bitch, shut up. And so the friend did. Um, at this point, Garnet had become so bad that they had to add a breathing tube because his O2 was dropping. Mm -hmm. So now he has a breathing tube. When Garnet's sodium levels began to decrease, they wanted to remove the breathing, breathing tube but Lacey asked for it to stay, in which, of course, they, the staff said no to because it would increase the chances of infection, and they removed the breathing tube. Garnet was getting better and just kept asking to go home. It's speculated that Lacey only asked for it to stay in because she was afraid that he would tell the staff what happened in the bathroom. Like if the little boy was started saying, like, oh no, mommy put it in my tube mm -hmm. or something. As time passed, staff checked up on Garnet throughout the day and reported him doing better. But Lacey, however, was posting on Facebook that she that he was doing terrible and that he was screaming in pain, that he was barely getting any sleep. And on January 21st, it was reported that Garnet was doing good and his blood work showed that his sodium level was down to 146 in a normal range. Lacey, however, was texting her friend that morning. The one that uh, was there, I think her name was like Veronica or something. Mm-hmm. Um, she was saying that the doctor was an asshole, literally, quote, and that the nursing staff didn't care about her son, that he was in pain. And at 7.30 a.m. that morning, a code bell went off and Dr. Goldsman ran to Garnet's room. And the first thing he saw was an empty water bottle on the ground and asked the nurse to grab it because he had just given explicit directions not to give Garnet any water because it could cause brain damage. Oh, wow. Yeah, he said absolutely no water in here. So he finds it very odd that not even an hour later, there is a random water bottle in the patient's room. Um, they ran tests and saw that the water was given to Garnet and that water caused sodium to go straight to his brain and start to swell. With the brain not having anywhere to go, it just kept pushing up against his skull and ended up crushing his brainstem causing him to be brain dead. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. He then told Lacey, you know, that he was brain dead and proceeded to then, like right after, 
reached out to Child Abuse Pediatric Program and reported his suspicions to them. At the same time, while authorities were getting involved, Dr. Goldsman had more than a dozen specialists examine Garnet Spears, like his his body, his autopsy, like not autopsy, but um, his lab work, everything, to make sure that absolutely no medical reason for his increased sodium levels. Mm-hmm. During investigation, it was found that someone had to be introducing salt into the child's feeding tube, and the person with the opportunity was his mother. They searched her home, and they found an IV bag filled with salt. So, at the time, they didn't know it was salt. They just found an IV bag, and I'll show you what it looks like. And read the last section. So, they found this. It's like a milky white substance, and at first, they just thought it was breast milk. That's how stupid they were. Who the fuck puts breast milk in an IV? (laughs) And there's literally a full-on IV pole and everything. Oh, that has to be breast milk. Okay. (laughs) They saw all her texts and her posts on social media. Her last post being her literally brain-dead child's body. She posted it on Facebook. The biggest thing against her was when the doctor was performing the two exams that they do before pronouncing someone brain-dead. Lacey asked her friend to go into her house and remove that bag that she had hanging on the IV pole in her living room and to throw it away. But also for her not to tell anyone, which is like super fucking shady. Obvi. But the friend went to her neighbor and asked her for her spare key because she needed to get something for Lacey. And that neighbor advised that that would be a bad idea because the police were just there yesterday taking photos and collecting evidence. And at the time, they saw the IV bag and all that. They didn't grab it. They grabbed like everything else like Mm-hmm. They thought it was weird. One of it was like holistic stuff. Mm-hmm. So, despite this, she still went and collected the bag. But, thankfully, she did not throw it away. She held on to it just in case. So she kept it at her house. Wow. After the friend confided in other community members, because they lived in a little community, mm-hmm. about what was asked from her uh, by Casey, one of the persons that lived in the community that was like her supervisor or something because it was like a little weird community compound thing um where they helped each other and whatever Mm -hmm. he told her to type up the entire conversation that they had Mm -hmm. contact the police Mm -hmm. and they gave her they gave the police the letter the conversation text message all that the id bag and gave it all to them and they took it as evidence and with this, the police then decided to obtain a warrant for the IV pole and the IV pump as well. Mm-hmm. So they went back and they took all that. Dr. Goldsman performed the second test, and that's when he pronounced Garnet dead on January 23rd, 2014, at 10.20 a.m., and he was taken off life support. When the IV bags were tested, they came back with extremely high levels of sodium chloride salt. When autopsy was performed on Garnet, he had no diseases and his death was ruled a homicide. And on June 16, 2014, Lacey Spears was arrested for second-degree murder and first-degree manslaughter. After a lengthy trial, she was sentenced March 2, 2015, so a little over a year, mm-hmm. 
to 20 years to life. And the reason why she got 20 because the limit back then was 25 to life. But the, um, what is it called? Jury, no, not the jury. Prosecutors? No. Judge. Ah. The judge. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is the one? The, the, the one person? guy. The main dude. The main uh, guy, the judge, he did 20 years in hopes that she would get the help that she needed. Oh, please. Yeah. Cause, oh, please. Because, you know, it's a disease. Anyways, I was just like reading that and I was like, she should have been sentenced to death or whatever. Um, till this day, till this day, Lacey denies having any part in her son's death or that she suffers from FDAI or Munchausen disease by proxy. Mm -hmm. but my sources today came from YouTube from a channel called Monsters and the information obtained for the FDIA came from clevelandclinic.org but that's my story the reason why I came across this was because I was on I think it was TikTok and they had this um, investigator something, I don't know, it's called ID mm -hmm. investigator, well, whatever or no, not, uh, not, it was Facebook you know how Facebook has videos mm -hmm. and I just see the video of the girl and her son and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, what the hell is she doing? And then uh, I look at the subtitle, and it says, The Devil in Suburbia. And I'm like, what the hell is this? So it's like this whole like series that they came out with, like TV series, mm -hmm. of people who have done like really shitty, shitty stuff. Um, community, suburbia, mm -hmm. whatever. So I got really interested in it. Um, so last night I changed my mind, and I did this story. I was like, mm. I still wanted to talk about Munchausen disease, and I was like, I really want to tell the Gypsy Rose story, but but I was like, it's oh, it's just so big. much, mm -hmm. yeah. And then when I saw this, I was like, that'd be a nice segue. Oh, yeah. I was like, maybe this could help, like, introduce it, mm -hmm. so I don't have to go into such detail about Munchausen next time. Yeah, I would just be able to talk about just like that case. last time. Yeah, just mm -hmm. like reported with Garnet Spears. <laughs> This bitch is also great. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, thank you, Christina. Holy shit. That poor kid. I know. And, oh, um, during her trial, um, she didn't say it, but the prosecutors, like, came up to the idea of why she did this. Um, they think she freaked out when he came off of the breathing tube because he was going to Say tell. something? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she already figured that she can't control him anymore. He's, he can talk now. He's eating now, so she can't like control what goes inside of his feeding tube. Mm -hmm. But they were already talking about, the doctors were already talking to her previously about removing the feeding tube because he was eating so well. Because he didn't even fucking eat it. She's, she made one of the doctors at one of the hospitals, because Munchausen, um, by proxy people, they go to different hospitals. Until someone's willing to do it for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or to get as much as they can from one hospital and then jump to the next when a suspicion occurs. Mm. So, um, she got a one to do the stupid surgery so her son can't throw up anymore. And then he wasn't able to throw up and stuff. And, and she said something and she asked for the feeding tube and she asked like three different doctors and one said yes. Um, 
So how is he eating so well now without... Oh, he never had a problem eating. No, 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 no. just lied. How did he have a problem eating now? Granted, he still had his stuff sewn up, right? You said? Yeah. It's like, um, you can still eat and stuff. It's just, it affects the reflex, the... Oh, the gag reflex, sort of? Yeah, or like, like the um... dry heaving up? You know how, like, um, when your stomach gets really upset and you get that acid reflex? Mmm, that Like, part. that kind of stuff, yeah. Oh, it prevents that from mm-hmm. happening? So that was what the surgery was for, but it also causes you not to throw up. Mmm. You only dry heave. Weird. Yeah. And they showed, like, a video... Not like on a person, but like an animation of what it looks like. And I was like, well, how would you do that to a baby? Because he was not even a... He was barely a year when he had that surgery. Holy shit. Yeah. How would you even... Whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. And then he got the feeding tube like just before he turned two, which then that was how she was able to control it. Because before she was doing this, and I didn't go into to detail because... I did not want to talk about Lacey. I wanted to talk about Garnet. Mm-hmm. But Lacey was a fucked up individual. And she, before she got her own child, she was doing this to other people's children. She um, pretended that their children was hers. She used to be like a babysitter, te- like a little daycare teacher. And she was uh, putting stuff in their ears and making them have infections. And once they weren't around her anymore, they were like miraculously healing. So... A lot of people just cut her out of their life. They thought something was, like, weird happening with her. They were, like, showing pictures, and she would, like, fuck up these kids near canals. Yeah. And she was legit, like, she'll be at the mall saying that these are her children. And one girl got so upset when she took her son to the mall. And they were like, oh, you have Lacey's kid? She's like, I know this is my child. And they're like, oh, because she was talking about how she was a single mom and how his dad died and just, like, goes on with all this whole story and she's like that is fucking weird so she stopped being friends with her she's like um i pushed this child out of my coochie yeah <laughs> no that bitch so not... wow yeah and she ended up um friending this neighbor in one of the apartments that she lived with um just so she didn't have sex with him and she got pregnant and then uh once she was like about to give birth or whatever she just like dropped him because she really just wanted the a baby child. yeah so she wow. could actually have her own child to say, bitches oh. be crazy and then in her past <laughs> she was doing that too where she was hurting herself or lying and saying like oh i you know i was pregnant and i lost the baby like she was saying all this stuff for like dramatic would purposes. you say she was a hypochondriac uh no she uh, or she just did it for attention versus yeah. somebody who actually believes they're sick yeah no she wanted a reaction and if someone didn't give her the reaction she wanted she came out with an even bigger lie Sounds like a story. lot of friends we went to high school with. Yeah, like one in particular. Mm-hmm. I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't that close to her. However, she did there... that to me. She was all like, "I'm pregnant," and blah 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 blah. And I was like, "Okay." And then it'd been like over a year, and or not even a year. It was like five months had gone by, and no change. And I'm like, "Thought you're pregnant?" And she's like, "Oh, I am. I'm just so skinny. Huh? You can't tell." And then I was like, "Okay." And then it had been, like, eight months, and I was like, um, so you should be, like, pregnant, pregnant, and, like, having a baby. And she's like, oh, I lost the baby last night. Last night? Damn. Yeah. So would like, you fart out all that extra <laughs> bulgy stuff? I, I was just gassy instead. <laughs> she'll be pregnant. Yeah. Like Respicia from Norbit. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it was a lot. Oh my god. Like there are people out there that suffer Pathological from that. Pathological layers and, and layers. And they were even thinking that she really Lacey probably really thought she had nothing to do with it because that's how freaked up she was and she convinced herself that she wasn't doing anything even though she was physically poisoning him to death. What a bitch. And Googling what a bitch. how to do it. What a bitch. That's not what we use Google for people. We use it for porn. Get <laughs> that straight. Or trying to figure out what something means. Yeah, like, uh, is Bigfoot's dick as big as it should be? Or... <laughs> and do you think it's hairy? <laughs> Google, answer my questions. Come on, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for your story. That poor baby had to suffer because this bitch needed attention. Yep. You know, that kind of reminds me of people in general that are so obsessed with social media. Like, they have to post everything. And I thought it would die down and back in like... And I thought it was like... so funny, just off topic, because just because I was like kind of internally laughing about it. I'm literally behind this person in HEB. They're t- his, taking the slowest ass time, because that's it's a very small HEB. And he has his baby in, in the little thing. And he has his phone, and he's like trying to take a video or a picture while, while walking. And I'm like, oh my god, everybody look in my head, because I'm not a bitch. Oh my god, I'm ready to look. Dad of the year. I've got Taking my... a selfie. We're in the... I was like, you don't even have your kid freaking strapped. It's too freaking young to be in, in that, that like thing. that. Where's its fucking car Where's seat Where's the support? The thing's all wobbling and shit. Yeah, His head's all like, like tilting. Little girl's doing like this. A spin around. Just... I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and he's like um, tough edge looking fucking gauges are so big and i was just like oh god stop like poor kid (laughs) kids like leaning on a pack of carrots and shit oh he was like trying to hold the baby up and take the photo kids all wobble yeah i was like oh my god put it back in the car seat poor baby but it wasn't even there so he must have left it in the car anyways dumbass anyways (laughs) side eye (laughs) i was just like oh my god Mm, yep people are trash Anyways, well, thank you so much, Christina. That was aggravating, making me mad. I don't know how they couldn't. Yeah, that's how capture I think anything. every time I do stuff like this. I want to know how much it happens to this day. Obviously, this was very recent, so I can't say it doesn't happen. Yeah. So, like, <sighs> hey, mm-hmm. I wonder if how many doctors I would have to go to for them to give me a free boob surgery. Oh, not go through, just suck their dick. Oh. Well, shit, just <laughs> one. Maybe. Like three. Yeah. Try to find ones that are um, married, but they look unsatisfied. So all of them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, thank you so much, Christina. And we'll catch you guys next week. Um, all our links will be posted in the description. Please follow our social medias. Do you have anything else to add? No, just thank you guys. And thank you for joining us on our journey to episode 14. We hope you stay till episode 666 and more. At least more. 15. Oh, my bad. Just come to the next one. <laughs> just go to the next one and you can leave. <laughs> and, then, and then you can decide. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you guys. Hope you have a wonderful and amazing April 1st, or had one, and April Fool's! Just kidding! I'm not actually pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I am. Oh, fuck. Damn it. April Fool's.
<laughs> I got railed this morning, but that's beside the point. You're <laughs> railed by that uh, chorizo egg taco. Oh Anyways, well, love you guys. Bye. I know I've said bye like 500 times. And bye. Christina's going to get mad at me. Love you. Bye. Steph, where are you? I can't hold this thing off much longer. <laughs> The runes are set. Give me your hand. Spiritus invoco hoc esse cord ex hoc nomine Elvira Pelletur. Why is nothing fucking happening? Wait, maybe they don't speak Latin. Uh, I call upon the spirits to banish this being from these grounds in the name of Elvira and that blessed bosom I banish thee! Ah, oh, that actually worked. Elvira does it again. Wait, Christina. Christina? Christina, where are you? Oh, sorry. I was grabbing my, um, stuff. Anyways, let's go. Really? Oh. So this is an interesting investigation. Can't believe it led us to having, us to having to do a banishing ritual. Wonder where we'll go next. Well, I have been following these whispers from New York. Wanna go check it out? Deeper into the dark we go. Let's go.